There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome back, folks. It's Tuesday, November 28th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew Dapper Betts. You're you're saying I look dapper. Dapper, man. Wow. I really like that. Yeah, I am rocking a uh, Patagonia vest today. I've been big into vests, man. It's, you know, it's like, it's it's fall. It's getting cold out there. But, like, it hasn't really been so cold that you're like ready for a full winter get up so i've been rocking some vests recently so i appreciate the compliment um when i woke up this morning i looked in the mirror and thought yeah i uh it's time for a haircut it's time to shave so i'm glad that you at least gave me a little bit of confidence here because i did not feel the same when i woke up this morning yeah i mean you're looking dressed for success for a podcast and i do that sometimes working from home there's certain days i'm gonna get you know just i'm gonna put on actual clothes not just like sweats or whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it today but give some context for cold because i'm adjusting back to life in the south here in atlanta where it's way colder than what it was last year when i was in arizona so what's it what's it like there i know it snowed in vermont the model hit duh that was easy but what's pennsylvania life like dude the model i mean it's just undefeated i imagine ever fading it couldn't be me um yeah pa it's 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 cold, but it's not terrible. So it's been like, you know, around 40-ish and it'll get obviously colder at night, a little colder in the mornings, but like 40 to 50 during the day most weeks. Um, but it is going to keep getting colder and colder and colder, obviously. That's how uh, that's how this works. But um, what's crazy about that is, you know, when I was in Vermont and I lived there for about five years, when I was in Vermont, literally like people would just do anything, anytime, no matter what, because if you didn't go outside in 15 degree weather or 20 degree weather you'd be in your house for like four or five months straight so you just get so used to it so it's like now when people are like oh it's so cold you know and it's like 30 i'm like oh this is actually seasonably nice around here so you just embrace it and uh, and you still get outside yeah and i'm my kids still want to play outside they still want to hang out and uh, hopefully you had a great great thanksgiving um the thanksgiving slate the weekend everything else was great for you on this podcast, we will turn the page, talk about week 13, kind of preview it, talk about the salary standouts. There is a 50-point total game, if I'm still looking at the right lines. Is that is that still correct? It is still there. Are we taking the under? Yeah, of course. But also, at, at the very end, like you don't you wait on these things. You wait till it gets set up there's... a point or two. Oh, for sure. There you that's, go. That's... I, I will say that I wasn't, I don't know if I was being sharp or just I stumbled into something a couple years ago, but I started seeing that trend of 50 point games hitting the under. And I just said, hey, if you just blindly bet this throughout the year, you're going to be fine. We don't even get 50 point games anymore to bet the under. Now it's like if you get a 48 and a half, you're like, you got to take the under because that's <laughs> the way the NFL is trending. Yeah, they're so, on to you. I guess I, it's, I feel stupid just even throwing it out there. But it's been a, quite the trend in the NFL over the last year or so. So we'll talk about some of those, but let's review our cash picks from last week. Straight cash, homie. And it was a long week, man. You and I had a couple different slates to talk through. 
for Thanksgiving slate, it was kind to me. It could have been even better where Betts and I on that Sunday night game, I had a live team in the Millie Maker that was sitting at 28th place in the Millie Maker. Debo Samuel just scored a touchdown and I looked at everyone's lineups ahead of me. I go, there's five other people that have a dupe lineup and then that's it. So like me and my crew of Debo people were ready to just rise to the top after that first touchdown and uh, then it didn't go so well. <laughs> and then the Christian McCaffrey game happened, uh, which was just, uh, it, was, it was so funny because we were texting and I was like, man, you know, like I really need CMC in like, you know, my home league. I need him in my dynasty league. But like for you, I hope he's like, you know, 20 points. He's good, but he's not great. And you're like, but yeah, Debo that'd be great. <laughs> and Debo goes bonkers. But of course, CMC is just unstoppable and uh, and goes bonkers but yeah that was a fun slate man i thought it was really good like just i thought some of the stuff we talked about went really well you called me crazy for thinking jordan love would have a great game um it turns out it didn't matter because dak did dak things but you needed dak stacks to get there and um you know cd was was a bummer because i really went all in on cd lamb but fun slate man that was a really good day of football lots of uh, good food family and i know a lot of people did really well in the dfs past too so that was great to see Yes, and Dallas Onslaught Stacks is what we talked about a ton. You just didn't need CD. So if you had gotten a little different there, I just love the three-game slate. I'm not great at showdown, and I would say, you know, main slate is is its own thing. But a three-game slate, I feel like I'm able to figure out the game theory portion of what you can need. So also props to you. Curtis Samuel was a player you talked about on the podcast that I was like, dude, why? Why didn't that guy just get ejected for punching? And Curtis Samuel was like one of the main uh, parts of my millimaker roster that had a run. I mean, I didn't tell my wife. I did the same thing I always do. And she goes, wow, you are very stressed out right now. I go, well, I'll talk to you later. And so in the morning she asked, how'd you do? I go, oh, I did fine. I mean, I obviously, you know, not, not, not what I thought when I was sitting there like, oh, this is 10 K plus. Dude, that's the I'm absolute sitting. worst because, you know, you and I, we get it. Listeners, you get it. You've been there, but like. Your spouse thinks you did something wrong when you're like, <laughs> when you're like, you know, there's there's one quarter left and you're like, oh man, you know, I only need a few points here in showdown or whatever it is. And it goes from, you know, I, I have won four figures to uh, I barely cashed. And they, in your in their eyes, they're like, oh, well, my, my idiot husband messed this up. <laughs> like we're just, we're just sitting here hoping good things happen. And, uh, and it doesn't. So that's why I never tell the misses until after yes. the fact. Yes. And and the only person it really is you that I will, I mean, I have a couple of other friends that I will throw out to, but I'll usually say like, Hey, going into the last, you know, half of the games, here's where I'm at. But before then it's just pointless because there's so much randomness. There's so much chaos. So I would just encourage you if you're up in the discord and you're posting midway through the first quarter of the early morning, just, it's not going to, it's not going to end that way, buddy. It's just not, it's going to go so, so many different ways. It stinks. Um, let's talk about week 12 because your boy, for the first time in seven weeks, did not hit the cash line. In fact, I was two points behind it. In fact, I was ahead of the cash line going into overtime. Josh Allen and the team, you know, they go up by a field goal. But you knew when they got the field goal against your Eagles, they were going to lose. So that Jalen Hurts touchdown knocked me out of the cash line for the first time in a long time. That was um that was a wild game. And as an Eagles fan, it was super fun, but also stressful as heck <laughs> to watch. Um, I was, you know, really happy with kind of the way we dissected the slate. We talked about Baker, we talked about Minshew, and we're like, you know, they're fine. But we said if if one of Allen or Hertz goes off in the best game environment on the slate, you're gonna need them. And not only did one of them go off, both of them went off and were just crucial to winning anything meaningful in tournaments. I mean, CJ Stroud was was great as well, so he could have been in there, but I really felt like this was a week where all year we've been paying down for quarterback. This was a year that, or a week rather, that we both prioritize spending yes. up, uh, which I thought was right. So that was good. The other thing that was interesting on the slate from a cash perspective, we talked about Rashad White. Looks great. Projections look awesome. And then all of a sudden, Saturday, we get the pop-up news of, oh, by the way, Rashad White added to the injury report with a knee issue. And that one was that, like, to me, it was a gut-wrenching decision. And I took it all the way down to lock. I was like, man, the matchup's so good. I really want to be in you know, in this game environment in a dome, I actually ended up getting off white to play Pacheco just because I was like, if there's any risk with the knee, you know, that's, that's a coin flip to me that I'll lean that direction. So I was fortunate to land on 
Pacheco over White, but I thought that was a pretty critical decision point on the slate uh, as well. Yeah, you can read up my full review on the website if you want my cash lineup review. I was being a little bit wild and renegade, and I was texting bets like as I was driving home from North Carolina because I wasn't looking at projections. I was just going off of straight vibes and saying, I'm just going to do this. I'm, I know that this is wrong, but I don't care right now. And I played a much lower volume, but like I stacked uh, digs with Allen. I had Tank Dell, and then I punted in a couple plays I shouldn't. So you can get the full write-up on the website, thefantasyfootballers.com. It's actually a free article if you want some cash lineup review strategy. You can do that, but we did have a big winner. And it was not I and the Millie Maker on Thanksgiving. That would have been really fun to come on here and just say, hey, by the way, uh, thanks, Curtis Samuel. I would, I would have given you a tip too, Betts. Dude, you probably wouldn't have even shown up today. You're right. <laughs> Do you remember Kyle used to uh, help host this, host this podcast? Let's throw out from our Discord, Prison Nick 937 on the glorious Monday night game. That was the Bears and the Vikings, which I told you, I'm not watching this game. I don't have any skin in it for fantasy. Don't care about it for DFS. I was glad that our props hit for Roshan Johnson, but I did not care. But Prison Nick got first in the NFL showdown red zone. It was a $50 entry. So that's a pretty big prize uh, for a single entry. And I'll let you read what he wrote in Discord. Yeah, so shout out to Borg and Betts. You guys rock. I never would have touched first place without you guys. I've learned so much from the pod, the articles, and even this Discord channel over the last couple of years. Thanks for everything. So shout out to Nick. That's uh, pretty incredible, man. You turned, what, uh, 60 bucks into over $3,000 on a Monday night. Uh, that's pretty sweet. So congrats, Nick. Yeah, congrats, Nick. And oh, wait, we have one more winner. Money, 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 money. Dude, you should not have had the money drop. It's Chili's, oh, no. Chili's, Chili's. We do need a Chili's. I, I will cut that in. You know, just or even just, if it's, I want my baby back. Yeah, or Michael Scott singing uh, baby back ribs. <laughs> or even just Pam saying, I can feel God in this Chili's. So, Betts and I, on the Thanksgiving pod, did a Thanksgiving Chili's challenge. And I dominated him, winning by a total of one point, what, four points? Dang it, man. <laughs> Dang it. The Lions D did me in with a cool zero on the slate. So, yeah, congrats, man. Next time we're together in person, I guess I owe you a nice little two for 20 uh, from Chili's. I'll even throw you a Marg. Dude, what what a kind friend you are. So, that, no, that was fun. And I actually entered that exact lineup in as my cash lineup, and I hit the cash line in a couple for Thanksgiving as well. So, um, it was fun. I, I I'm sad, man. I'm sad that we don't get a Thanksgiving slate like that for a while what to do that again the three gamer i guess we have playoffs coming we have playoffs right and those and those Playoff. are so fun because you get not only sunday but you get some saturday games too so like you have all the time in the world to digest the information make you know appropriate late swap decisions the next day stuff like that so that is a whole different animal and we'll, we'll talk about that obviously when we get there yeah and we're actually we'll have some playoff strategy articles i've been working through in the shadows uh just some of the data of how playoff game work a little bit differently because you know teams are really going for it this is it you know you're winner you're out and so we'll talk about that but dfspass.com i was an idiot and did not mention that at the very top corporate is going to hound me they're going to i'm, I'm gonna have a note on my desk hr is coming for you yeah yeah no they're they're totally flying all the way out here and saying hey this is this is not okay but dfspass.com if you want all of our picks use the promo code dfspod and can save you some quiche. State of the main slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook line. It's where bets and myself play. You can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And let's check in with a few wagers. One, I want to punch myself in the groin region for <laughs> getting on this podcast and saying, hey, why are the Saints? You know, why Why is there nine and a half? This is easy money. Bet your house on it. They've lost two in a row. <laughs> that got me so good. <laughs> they lost to my Falcons, though. I mean, oh, what man. a what a win. I'm so proud of Bijan. Bijan was great, man. Uh, the issue is the Saints have no wide receivers left, which we'll talk about uh, in a little while. But yes. yeah, that one does not look great. However, Kyle, you did say, look, the Bills have a win total of ten and a half live, you know, about 
I don't know, six weeks into the season or whatever it was. It's like, man, the Bills are definitely winning 11 games. They're definitely going to the playoffs. This team has a worse record than the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is just crazy. And, you know, if you look at the metrics and yardage and EPA and whatever, like they're clearly the better team offensively. But it's rough, man. I mean, they come out of their their bye and they get some brutal matchups. So I don't know. Where are you at with that one? I I just think this is a really good – Bets and I come at this as a sometimes like teaching points. And as a former high school teacher, like I think about this a lot – there is so much more variance than you realize with any NFL team. If you're a fan of the Bills, man, your team is so fun to watch. I love the Bills. I love Bills games. I have an Allen Diggs stack in Dynasty that is carrying me. But any team can really win in the NFL. I mean, the Jets beat your Eagles. <laughs> Don't forget that. Like the Zach Wilson-led Jets. So when you look at a schedule at the beginning of the year and you just pencil in wins, that's not how this thing works because you have to bake in Injuries, which this team has had injuries on defense in a lot of different spots. Think about just the depth chart in general and what can happen over the course of the season. So when we look at win totals, that's one of our favorite things. And I would say it's one of the sharper markets that you and I have during the offseason. Bake in what could go wrong, not just what could go right. That's kind of how we think as a society. Like, oh, this, this is what could happen. We love betting overs. So the Bills under... Felt like one of those things where we're just not baking in enough. We're just saying, oh, this is who the Bills are. This is what they've done in the past. Same thing with the Chiefs, right? It's like, oh, they'll just steamroll. Like These have been tough wins for them and some gross losses too in their division. So um, yeah, I I need to look this up and maybe you can later, but I wonder what it is right now, Bills to not make the playoffs. I'm assuming I'm it's looking minus. At it right now. What is it? Well, you tell let me, me, let me what, guess. What do you think it is? So they're so they're six and six, and they're heading into their bye week. Yep, I would put it at m- minus one seventy five, <laughs> minus seven hundred. Are you serious? To miss the playoffs? Yes. Jeez. Okay. Well, they're they're not going, man. I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. <I was laughs> Samson. Knew it started with an S. Though. W- <laughs> All right. Uh, and. I just want to give you some props. We had a great week in the DFS pass for props. Dude, this is a, a wild week. Uh, Thanksgiving, you know, is its own animal. And then, of course, it's like you're trying to play catch up the whole rest of the weekend. But um, felt really good about just the process this week and kind of where we were at with different matchups and player usage and stuff like that. Just found some good value. And so we went eight and four on the week, which is great. Brings us up. I think it's 6.2 units on the year, something like that, which is lower than what we've been historically, but man, the props market this year and each year gets harder to beat. So I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. Uh, I think it's just a nice little add on for everyone in the DFS pass, making a little extra money along the way. And pro tip, you might even get some basketball props, which have been, you know, once a day, bets if and you know, you know. out. if you know, Oh, if you know, and that's only for people in the DFS pass channel, like in the DFS and the props, props, alerts, Yeah, let's just say that that's going places. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You and I have been recording for a number of years together even before i was a podcaster for my home league so let's just say that i have some experience but there are things in the tool belt of a podcaster that i feel like i'm still bringing out one of those is the dramatic pauses in between stuff just to emphasize but 
I, I'm working on my craft, man. Dude, always got to stay working, got to stay grinding, getting better every day. You know, it's not just athletics or other things in life. I mean, podcasting, <laughs> dude, it's hard, man. I don't know if we can do this. Unique New York. Trying every day, waking up. Uh, let's talk about the games for week 13, looking at the main slate. We have a lot of teams on by. Bills, Bears, Ravens, Giants, Vikings, Raiders. If you have a home league team, I'm sorry. Your team is probably destroyed this week. If you have some of these players, you probably just counted as a loss. I was looking at some of my best ball teams. I was like, oh, sweet, Lamar. Oh, nope, he's gone. All right, Josh Allen. Nope, that team's not getting any points this week. There also are a number of teams off the main slate this week. Seattle, Dallas, Kansas City and Green Bay is Sunday night, and then Cincinnati and the Jaguars, who are right up there at the top of the AFC. Those teams are not on the main slate. However, we do have a game that's over 50 points. That's Miami at Washington. So we have some good ones, but give me the teams with the highest implied totals for week 13. Yeah, so this week it is the Dolphins and then the field. <laughs> the Dolphins at 30 points taking on the Commanders are you know head and shoulders above everyone else. The Lions and the Texans actually right behind them at 25 points. Uh, San Francisco, 24 and a half. And then the Steelers and the Chargers, uh, 23.25 is their team implied total, which that's higher than the Eagles, Kyle. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a higher team total than the Eagles this week. So it's it's really interesting to me. But yeah, it's Miami and then basically everyone else. What are the vibes like in the state of Pennsylvania? Between Stress. like, is <laughs> I sent you that tweet of someone's like, man, I love the Eagles, except for the three hours a week that they play. They stress me out. Um, is it like 50-50 split in Pennsylvania? Pretty Between much. Like, yeah, like right down the middle. If you're on the Philly side, you're an Eagles fan. If you're on the you know, Pittsburgh side, you're obviously a Steelers fan. And then like Pirates and Phillies, do people care about the Pirates? Not often. I mean, people do, but it's obviously been rough for a very long time. So yeah. it's not it's not the biggest rivalry in the world. Ever since the Braves just punched them in the groin in 92, eat it. What a year. Sid, Sid slid. The, the, hey, Braves fans out there, giving you a shout out when Sid Bream slid and beat the Pirates. Changed my life. Changed yours too. All right, so what are your general thoughts about this slate? We have one team with a high team implied total, a bunch kind of in the middle, some middling totals, but any overarching thoughts about this slate? Yeah, I actually really kind of like it at first glance because it's only a, a 10 gamer, right? With with the bye weeks and what we've got going on for Thursday, Sunday, Monday night football. But when you really kind of boil it down, like you don't need to go to the Falcons and Jets. Like you don't really need to go to probably the Panthers and Bucks from like a game stack standpoint. Cleveland's going to be rolling out PJ Walker potentially if DTR can't clear protocol. And even so, are you really that excited about them? And they're 17 and a half implied total. So like really it becomes a pretty small slate kind of quickly. And it's pretty clear. I think like in the early window, this Lions Saints game looks really uh, intriguing. Um, the Dolphins and Commanders for obvious reasons looks intriguing. And then in the late window, you've got some pretty decent totals with San Francisco and Philly and then Denver and Houston. So I'm actually pretty excited about this slate because I think it's going to be one of those really good late swap sort of situations. Yeah, you can kind of tell just from looking at it from a visual perspective. You can get this in the DFS pass. We have a Vegas report article from Betts. I give the first look. It's like there are three or four games that really stand out above the rest. And when I get to my pace of play article, I can tell like, okay, there's a three and a half. There's probably a four. Uh, Miami, Washington will be interesting because you know there's tons of pass attempts. But do you think that just already Miami, Washington is going to be the most rostered game? I think it is. Um, it's just with Washington, there's not really too much to say. We kind of know the deal with their pass defense. And on the other side, you get Tua and Waddle and Tyreek and just a, a team that you definitely want to bet on. So that is going to carry over from cash games, I think, in tournaments. And then with Washington, it's like it's so clear that we know the story. They drop back a ton. They're losing all the time. And when they lose, Sam Howell is chucking 45 times a game. So like it's just you know what you're getting at this point from this team and from these this matchup. So I think it is going to be pretty popular because of those reasons. And I'm interested to see what happens with Washington because it seems like it's kind of a weekly like whack-a-mole situation. Like last week, it was Curtis Samuel. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was Brian Robinson. And then it was Jahan Dotson. And Logan Thomas will pop up for a game here or there. But, like, someone is probably getting there on the Washington side just because 
Miami actually allows a pretty high completion rate. And if Sam Howell is going to be chucking, someone could just PPR, you know, their way to there if they need to yeah. with uh, with volume. So I actually like to set up quite a bit. It'd just be interesting to see, you know, for tournaments, like what the roster percentage looks like. Yeah, I was thinking about their pass catchers and Curtis Samuel is going to get steamed up because his price is pretty low. It's 4,100 and what he did last week. Terry McLaurin always is in play. I just never really like the ceiling outcomes. Jahan Dotson, a wild card. Logan Thomas. Like, I feel like those are going to be pretty spread out with Curtis Samuel maybe being the most popular because he's the cheapest. So it's it's a fun exercise in game theory because if you take shots and say, I'm going to do a two, a double stack, or just two and Tyreek, then I think the Washington side, you might need two players to really get there and differentiate yourself from the field. You know people are going to be playing Tyreek. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the most popular wide receiver on the slate, despite being 9,600. He's 10K on FanDuel. Still too cheap. So keep that in mind. We'll talk about the game later on in the week. I wanted to throw out San Francisco and Philadelphia for obvious reasons because these are the premium players in fantasy football, right? CMC, AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts, the boys, Devonta Smith, who's been awesome. And bring up this awesome, simple stat. You got to throw on Philly. We said it last week. That's why I love Josh Allen. I just said they're going to throw. So Josh Allen threw the ball 51 times last week. Okay? Which is just bonkers. That actually, That's actually lowered the rate of pass rate on the Eagles. So opponents are throwing 68% of the time against Philadelphia. That's the highest rate in NFL history through 12 weeks. And that went down despite him throwing 51 times. So, Brock Purdy, we'll talk about it in a second. I, I mean, I I think in cash, he makes the most sense this week. I think, too, we didn't really touch on this at the top, but just the ceiling quarterbacks largely aren't on the slate. I mean, you have Jalen Hurts, obviously, but it's a tough matchup with San Francisco. And, you know, besides that, there's no Josh Allen, Lamar, Mahomes, Dak, Justin Fields didn't have a great game last night, but we know he can pop up for a huge rushing line. So, like, there really aren't these just incredible outlier ceiling plays on the slate. So if for some reason, you know, Jalen Hurts fails or just has an okay game, like you probably will need to spend down a little and get one of these other guys. So Brock Purdy, to me, I agree with you, looks like a pretty awesome play early in the week. Which game do you feel like is the sneakiest on the slate? So we mentioned the top two. Which one's kind of sneaky? Well, we know the deal with Houston. CJ Stroud is just on another level that he's playing great. Um, Denver, you know, quietly, like you don't think about them being a great offense. You don't think about them putting up points, but they are pretty good. And they've, they've actually been pretty good for DFS. They're 17th in EPA per play, uh, since week eight, they've scored 20 plus points in four straight games. And on a slate like this with only one total above 50, this is one that sticks out to me as a potential spot where this could go back and forth, uh, you know, between Denver and Houston. It is worth noting the look ahead line was 44 for the total. That has been bet up a full point and a half as of our recording. I'm going to say Detroit, New Orleans. There's just, I think it's more of correlation plays. Like I'm worried about this game because Chris Olave, Rashid Jaheed don't look like they're playing. Derek Carr really hasn't played the entire year. Let's be honest. Like just, I, I died laughing at someone who put a highlight of Derek Carr escaping the blitz and throwing a dime. It was like a one yard, like dump off dime. <laughs> they're like, okay, so like, he he like should have been sacked twice and instead of looking downfield just like literally checks it <laughs> checks it down one yard <laughs> someone gets tackled immediately so i think in this game kamara should be a popular play with olave and rashid out i think you'll get some ppr play there from him and then on detroit side it's one of the few times i could say you could play two running backs in the same game like because kamara projects as their top pass catcher gibbs Montgomery, or if you want to play a Monra. So I like this game in a dome against a Detroit defense that's kind of been lit up recently. Like we've kind of penciled in Detroit. It's like, oh, they're really tough. They have a good pass rush, but like the Packers came out, whooped them. So I I, I like this game, Kamara plus another player on the other side. Which game do you want to be underweight on? You know, I don't love Cleveland and the Rams. I'll be honest. I don't love it. Um, the Rams are riding high after last week against the Cardinals, but it's the Cardinals, right? Now you get a tough defense from Cleveland, plus probably PJ Walker and a banged up Amari Cooper. And so it's just one of those spots where you don't really want to bet on a Cleveland offense. And then defensively, Cleveland, we know the deal. They're they're dominant 
and they are fourth in pressure rate, uh, excuse me, third in pressure rate this year, eighth in sacks per game. Stafford has been abysmal against pressure this year. He's completing 41% of his passes in those scenarios, which is 33rd among 38 qualified quarterbacks. So if Cleveland gets home, I know Miles Garrett's banged up, so we'll see on that. But if Cleveland gets home here, I think it's going to be a tough day on offense for the Rams. I'm going to go with, sadly, my Falcons and the Jets. The matchup we were all looking forward to, Ritter v. Boyle. Um, This is a matchup when I was looking, I was like, why is this on the schedule again? Oh, wait a second. Uh, These were fourth place teams. So that's why they're set up this way. And yeah, you just don't want any part of this game. I'm sorry. Like Bijan is going to project fine from cash standpoint and he can still get there. You saw last week, but Brees Hall is the most frustrating player to manage right now for me because you're going to get what? 10 for 25 on the ground and maybe six catches. And then the touchdowns are just not going to happen. Like they have 10 offensive touchdowns on the year it's bad it's just bad so you don't want any part of that game tim boyle should not be the league sorry dude which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total yeah i'm actually kind of surprised this one is where it's at which is san francisco 24 and a half points uh they have 25 plus in eight of 11 games this year they've also hit this in three straight since their bye week when their dudes are healthy, they just roll, man. They're number one in EPA per play and success rate. They're second in yards per play. They're third in points per play. Now they catch a Philly defense that, frankly, has not been that good this year. They're 23rd in EPA per play, and they're dealing with some injury issues. Fletcher Cox left last game with an injury. They lost their starting uh, linebacker, Zach Cunningham. Their other linebacker, Nicobe Dean, is on IR. Their slot corner is on IR. The Niners are going to roll here, man. I mean, as a Philly fan, like I feel pretty confident that will happen because their dudes are healthy and because they're efficient. So this is going to be one of my favorite ones that I bet this week is over 24 and a half on the Niners. Did it shock you that the 49ers were favored on the road? Is it still at two and a half? It's still two and a half in favor of San Fran. I could honestly see this one ping pong back and forth between like three, maybe up to three and a half, all the way back down to three, like kind of as the week goes on. So I I don't really know which side of that I think is right, but I definitely think the Niners are going to roll offensively. Yeah. Let's stay with a team in Pennsylvania. Let's go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who put up 400-plus yards as uh, apparently an offensive juggernaut. You just feed them youth over and over and over again, just like we had that in our projections, right? Like 9 for 120 for the youth. That's exactly what we had. Obviously. So the Steelers have one of the higher team applied totals of the week. It's been bet up to 23.5. Arizona, their opponent, is allowing 26.8 points per game. That's 31st in the NFL. They're 31st in schedule-adjusted fantasy points to running backs. So Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, we'll talk about them in a second. And your boy Tyler Higby scorched them for two touchdowns. Stafford threw four, which hadn't really happened the entire year. He only had one other multi-touchdown game. So the Steelers at home against the Cardinals are a team that you can have some trust in. I don't know how I feel about game stacking that one like as like, oh, this is sneaky. But I think that at least one Steelers player can get there this week. So if you guess the right running back, you guess if it's the Muth or who knows if Deontay Johnson even wants to play football. Like one of those guys that I think you can hit it right. Which team are you most confident hits the under of their team implied total? Yeah, I'm going to just follow up with what you said about the Jets and Falcons game. Um, and it's just the Jets under 15 and a half, man. I mean, they've been under this line in five straight since their bye week. They're averaging 10 points per game. They're dead last in EPA on offense. They're 29th in points per play. They're 30th in yards per play. It's just, they're broken. And, and it's not getting better any time quickly. On the other side, and you know, if Arthur Smith can establish it, he will. Teams are running against the Jets at one of the highest rates in football. So it just sets up as one of these low-scoring gross games where it's like, you know, 17-14 at the end of it. And you're like, oh, I didn't need anyone in that game for DFS. Cleveland's team implied total right now that was at 17 and a half and i didn't think i would say this but deshaun watson like the team played well with him all right he had five starts the team averaged 26.6 points per game in the non deshaun watson starts this year it's been 17.5 and that includes one game if you remember they went bonkers against the colts it was like 39 38 so if you take that one out it's even lower so cleveland's a team that you don't need really at all. Amari Cooper's banged up with a rib injury. David Njoku is fine for cash. Elijah Moore is a punt play, but man, his his ceiling feels like it's like eight points. 
So you don't want anything to do with Cleveland this week. They are not it. And I'm interested to see where they're going to be in the playoffs. Like they're in the playoff hunt, but they're a team. One of those teams, like if they make it in, you can just pencil them in for a loss. Like they shouldn't be in there other than just their defense. So let's move on. Salary standouts at quarterback this week. You can play Tua because it's Washington and they stink. Or you can play Purdy, who's, you know, probably going to throw the ball 40 plus times. So is that kind of the two routes? I think so. And it probably just depends on what we get value wise as the week goes on, injuries and that sort of thing. But my early inclination is to go down to Purdy. Uh, it's a great game environment. And part of the reason I want to go down to Purdy is I want to try to figure out how to put Tyree Kill in a cash lineup this week. And he is 9,600 on DraftKings. And so if you play Hertz or Tua, that is going to be extremely tough to fit for cash games just from a medium projection standpoint. So yeah, Purdy looks great. You talked about the pass rate against Philly. I talked about their team total. So let's just lean into it. Yeah, Tyreek's going to be an interesting point this week when you ask, like, what does he have to do in a tournament? We know he's going to be popular, but, like, if Tyreek gets you 25 points, you're excited for that in cash. Like, sweet, you you killed it for me. I don't know if it's, like, in, in a big tournament, 25 points is, like, necessary if other wide receivers match that at lower price points. So that's a talking point for later on in the week. Jalen Hurts on FanDuel is somebody I'm going to write up. I'm going to tell you right now at 9K just because of how awesome he's been and consistent and the rushing total. So those are kind of our early leans on quarterback, but I think Purdy will be 50% in cash. That's my guess in double ups. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Maybe not quite that high, but certainly in that ballpark. At running back, CMC is only 9K on DraftKings, 9.8 on FanDuel. Can you play those two together in cash? Uh, I think you can. You probably won't be able to fit Tyreek and CMC, so that's just a decision point on the slate. Um, there's some good running back plays, I think, that are a little bit cheaper. So my early lean is probably not to go there in cash, but, I mean, his role is the best in football, and I, we've already talked about the Niners rolling, and the correlation, actually, between Purdy and CMC has been quite strong, given how involved he is in the passing game. So I think it's totally viable if you do want to build that way. Yeah, he's a player that I don't care what the matchup is. It just doesn't no. matter. Like you, you can show me it's the Eagles. Don't care. There are a lot of good values. I would say in the six K range, Bijan Robinson at six point seven against the Jets. Who the Jets' run defense has not been as good as what you think. So I, I think that he's a solid play. Arthur Smith is using him more. It's too cheap for his role. So like I don't know, four targets, five targets, something like that. Like I, I think Bijan is a fine cash play. Yeah, I mean, like I said, teams are choosing to run at the on the Jets uh, at the highest rate in football, actually, and it's because their defense in the secondary is dominant, right? So this is what they want to do. They want to feed the running backs. And since the Arthur Smith public, you know, pushback situation a couple of weeks ago, in their last two games, Bijan has touched the ball 23 and 19 times and no other running back saw a target last week. So if you're getting, like you said, that three, four, five target range and 15 plus carries, in this spot with how talented he is, even though the game environment is horrible, he looks like a, a pretty solid play this week. What a sweet touchdown on the wheel route. I mean, Ritter is going off his back foot, so I won't say it was the safest throw in the world, but when you have a player who's essentially a wide receiver as well at the running back position, it was pretty awesome. Rashad White is 6.3. We've questioned the talent. We don't question the role, and we don't question if the matchup is Carolina. It's kind of been our you know, recipe. Like last week it was Derrick Henry, week before it was Tony Pollard. So Rashad White just feels like a high floor cash play. Yep. I couldn't add anything better. I mean, the pass game rolls there and the matchups there. So he looks uh, totally solid. And then the Steelers running backs, I think are the hardest for me to figure out because Najee ping pongs between like, okay, they're going to use him around the goal line. And then Jalen Warren has weeks where he's the most electric player on the team. He's only 5.4. And my bias says I want to play Jalen Warren just because he looks more electric. But, I mean, if you're going for touchdowns, I feel like Najee might be a better bet. Probably. And probably a better bet. I mean, this could change in-game depending on how they're using these guys. But just if you're going to project it before the game starts, Najee's probably touching the ball 
more more than Jalen Warren. Is that 13 to 12? Or is it 15 to 14? Like, you know, it's probably going to be pretty close, but he's going to be the favorite as far as leading the team in carries. Warren's probably the favorite to lead the team in, in catches. So it's one of those tricky situations that I don't have a great feel on yet. And I think with that being said, like you could see a scenario where the field feels very similar and they're like, ah, you know, I don't know which one to go with. And we actually see both these guys hopefully come down a little bit in roster percentage. Now, the matchup's so good that I don't know that that'll happen, but you could see a little bit of just uh, analysis paralysis, so to speak, of just like, I don't know which one it is and, and look the other way. But when that happens, we always say in tournaments, like that's a spot you want to attack. On FanDuel, I want to throw out DeAndre Swift because he is mispriced at 6.7, mostly for tournaments, just because we know that that people are going to be playing the 49ers, they're going to be playing Purdy Stacks, they're going to be playing CMC. Swift is one of those players that can end up in the end zone twice and pay off his price tag. So in FanDuel, that's way too cheap for his role. Just want to mention that there. And then Jonathan Taylor, we talked about him last week. He was one of my top plays at running back. He got in the end zone twice. I wish there was more. Like, I wish he would have gotten to that 100-yard bonus. But he was good. I won't say great, but he was good last week. He's 7.1 against the Titans, who have definitely lessened up against the run. So he's another person to put in your cash pool. At wide receiver, we both have Tyreek. He's 10K on FanDuel, 9.6 on DraftKings. I'm trying to like weigh this out earlier in the week, but I feel like it's one of those things where he's probably going to end up as our wide receiver one in our best plays. Against this secondary (laughs) from Washington? Yeah, I mean, he'll be there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so I want to play 49ers this week. I want to figure out, is it Debo? Is it Ayuk? Ayuk has a good tag on FanDuel at 8K. I just feel like I'm going to guess wrong. That's like, like that's my biggest frustration between Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. That just means I'll probably play them a lot in tournaments. Yeah, same. And I think that's what we should do, right? They're they're tough to to pin down as far as their projection when all three of those guys, and not to mention CMC, are healthy. Is you don't know who it's going to be. But as we've said multiple times, we just we want to bet on the Niners this week, and so be willing to take your shots if the field spins down at tight end in tournaments man like spending up on kittle sounds awesome in this matchup if the field is building stars and scrubs wide receivers maybe you double it with purdy and take Ayuk and debo in that mid-range because no one's going to play you know those sort of guys so either way the answer is yes on the team we'll just see what roster percentage say and that's going to kind of dictate how i approach it in tournaments in the middle range you can add them to your pool we did last week um, I'm calling them the Giddy Up Boys. It's uh, Pity City and Josh Downs. We built this city. The Giddy Up Boys are great in terms of volume. All right, Josh Downs saw way too many targets and basically caught five of them. And Pity City has been so consistent over the last six weeks. He's 7.1. Josh Downs is 5.1. So I feel like this is going to come down to what works for your roster construction. If you're paying for Tua and Tyreek, I don't know if you can get Pity City in there as well. But they both look great. They project great. The Titans are a pass funnel. So 7.1 and 5.1 for those two Colts receivers feels safe to me. Yeah, Michael Pittman's just been so rock solid for cash games, man. I mean, averaging just over seven catches a game on a full PPR site, that goes such a long way. And with this offense, you sort of just know where the ball goes, right? Like the tight ends aren't really that involved. Um, they don't really have a viable wide receiver three. Alec Pierce will pop up now and then, but he's mostly just out there running around. And it's these two dudes cardio. getting his cardio in, getting his fitness in. Uh, I, I respect it, but um, but Pittman's been great, and I just want to point that out. Like he's been so steady. If you look at his game logs, it's like nine, eight, seven, nine, eight. Like every game, that's what he catches in, in terms of PPR. So I love Pittman this week. It's just a matter of pricing, I think. We built this city. I, I just. I needed to hit that again because he's, he's been, he's the offspring of this podcast. We can say that like he is, (laughs) he is one of our children and we've been with him for a long time since the very beginning of pity city was started on this podcast. Like I'm just really proud of him. The punt options this week. I kind of like, like, I feel like you're going to find a three K wide receiver. That's going to see five plus targets. And that's, pretty awesome so the, the pun options i'm seeing right now is the saints at perry he's a rookie he's six five he's only thirty three hundred dollars 
if Olave and Rashid Shahid are out, I think he's going to be one of the more popular plays this week. And I think it's chalk. You just eat in cash and then you fade in tournaments. You say, who cares? But he's fine. Elijah Moore, if Amari Cooper misses, is another interesting play at 3.5. He's uh, going to see a bunch of targets and probably turn them into 24 yards. But if he goes 5 for 24, you'll take that in cash. And then your boy Greg Dortch is emerging once again as a PPR threat as like the better fantasy option than Hollywood Brown. Like that's what he does annoyingly. He either goes from I don't play to I'm the best wide receiver on the team minus Trey McBride. Dude, Greg Dortch just, when he gets an opportunity, he has success. I don't know what it is or why this team like doesn't want to use him. They have been recently, but like he was just buried, not even really on the field at all this year until the last couple of weeks but when he's had opportunity going back to last year he's played well and a lot of that came with kyler murray under center and we're seeing that again this year um and actually just to speak to it he is tied with hollywood for 16 targets over the last two weeks rondell Moore is five like rondale is on team cardio right now currently so dorch looks solid dude at, at 3700 taking on pittsburgh the dorch uh i'm seeing patriots wide receivers on here and i need you to talk to me because i thought Pop Dougie at 4,300. I thought he was, is he not in concussion protocol? So this is going to be one to monitor, but he actually uh, talked to reporters after the game, which you're not allowed to do if you are in concussion protocol in in the NFL's rules. So he told reporters like, I'm not in protocol. I'm good to go, which I think is right as far as accuracy. But there is a chance that he could develop symptoms over the next day or two, as we see sometimes with guys that, you know, have a, a head injury. So just monitor it, but it sounds like he'll be good to go this week taking on the Chargers. Yeah, and if he's out, Devontae Parker is 3.3. If you don't want to do it because you can't stand the queasy feeling in your stomach of playing Devontae Parker in cash, that's fine. Don't do it. I did want to point this out on FanDuel because it made me so sad that Cooper Cup at 7.1 on FanDuel, which remember he used to be like 10K uh, a year and a half ago, is actually cheaper than Puku Nakua now. Wild times, dude. Fanbulls, they've been, like, I think, very aggressive this year with moving guys up and down pricing, whether it's just from like performance, injury, matchup. So, I mean, you can't really fault them, right? No, I, I know a guy who traded for Cooper Cup after week six. Oh, no. And Are you that just, guy? I'm that guy, man. I just, whoopsie. I hate, and it, I made such a good trade at the time, too. I traded away Devon Achan and Jahan Dotson, who had both come off. Dotson had come off a big game. Achan was on IR. And I was like, sweet. I turned that into Cooper Cup for my team. And I've literally gotten doo-doo. Like, I, I, I should be playing Pop Dougie. You should be playing Greg Dorch, him. dude. I should be. He's, he's apparently a better wide receiver than Cooper Cup right now. What do I know? I just do this for a living. Cooper Cup, please be alive, man. I need you. You are one of the great wide receivers of all time. Just team up with my boy Keenan Allen and Chris Olave, who's now out this week. I'm screwed. Um, tight end. David Njoku at 4.1. If Amari Cooper is out, I'm probably punting with either Elijah Moore or Njoku because he's going to soak up so many targets. Yeah, dude. And he's been getting so many targets as is with Amari Cooper in the lineup. Uh, six plus targets in six straight games. And when Deshaun Watson has either left early in that game against the Colts or not played, his target shares have been 21%, 12%, not great, but 26, 27, 37, and 23% on a per game basis. So yeah, I mean, on DK with the way they're pricing these tight ends now at 4,100, six, seven, eight targets is rock solid. I mean, and Trey McBride was so like last week and the week before and the week before. And the week before that and the week before that. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the year, Betts and I do a little bit of rewards to recap the DFS season. I feel like Trey McBride is going to be, we can't call him the punt tight end of the year because he's kind of grown out of that. He'll be the cash tight end been, of the year. Yeah, he's definitely one of the cash boys. Logan Thomas is fine if you want to punt. If you want to go a little bit lower at 3.6, we already mentioned the game environment. That's fine. And then I want to mention on FanDuel, George Kittle is 7.4. He's always a wild card, so I'm going to be playing him in tournaments with Brock Purdy because the field I think doesn't really know what to do with Ayuk, Debo and Kittle. They end up kind of vulturing each other's roster percentage 
at defense this week, I like the Lions at 3K. And if you want to punt, the Patriots at 2.4 at home against the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are favored, but let's be honest, they're just going to lose that game too. They're going to charge her? Charge her their way to a loss? Got, by a three points? Yeah, that's, that's how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the price is great. 2400 We already talked about some concerns with trying to fit Tyreek and some of these running backs. So you're going to need to save it somewhere. So I think they make a ton of sense with just how often and willing the Chargers are to let Herbert drop back without playmakers beyond Keenan Allen. So it makes sense. All right, yeah, and and on FanDuel, I just want to throw out the Rams are 3.7, which I feel like is a misprice considering that they're at home against P.J. Walker, so that one feels weird. And then the Titans are also favored this week, 3.4, another matchup that you can go for. So you can punt. I think you and I are going to be paying 3K or less, correct? I would like to try to. I think for tournaments, uh, Cleveland's super interesting with just how great they've been taking on Stafford. I talked about some of his splits against pressure. So they're interesting for tournaments, but yeah, man, I'm I'm trying to save money. If you want to play with us, you can go to ballersdfs.com, play in our DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers, DFS, Borg, and Bets. Had some people win some money over the weekend. They were pretty happy that they could play with a contest, uh, play in a contest with people that are like-minded, that are in our Discord channel. They get to share their winnings after. So ballersdfs.com, and then make sure you actually click on the contest. You can't just get in the league. You got to get in the contest too. We love to play with you guys. That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back on Friday to break down the main slate, our favorite games that we want to stack, prop it like it's hot. And of course, who could forget our slate breakers? So bets, tell everyone bye. Yes, sir. Should be a very fun slate. I'm actually very excited about it. Uh, enjoy the week. Enjoy a little reprieve here from football. Obviously, we've had football for like nine days straight. As Kyle said, we're back Friday. Break down the main slate. We will see you then. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Embedding Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.